0: Slims. For those who are new around here, my name is Lauren Rose and run this thing every other Friday, so thanks for coming on back. Um, But yeah, I've. It's been weird, Um, you know, like every two weeks coming back on. Actually, you know, I just realized that I hit 50 episodes, um, which you know we've been doing this for about five five years on and off so it's about um 10 a year 10 episodes there's math um and yeah it feels um weird but also kind of good I mean this has always kind of been a like semi-private diary and I hope you know, I didn't say embarrassing stuff in the past, but I don't listen to old um, episodes. So, you know, problem solved. Uh, But overall, it's just been interesting to know that, you know, no matter how well formed, you know, these episodes were, or or whatever, I had um, thoughts, and I put them out there because right now in my life, I just, I feel like I've, nothing really to say like it's just been I don't know it's been a weird couple of weeks definitely like anxiety depression inducing you know like they're good good days and bad days but um even like with this episode I thought I had like I had my playlist I had you know the theme and everything and then this morning I woke up I'm like no this is not um it's not good. Like, I don't want to put it out. Not like in a dumb, like, perfectionist way. But like, I just, it didn't feel like it resonated. So thankfully, I had like a bit of a breakthrough. Uh, I recently, I know I slept on it. I listened to uh, Blood Orange's um, mixtape, the Angel's Pulse. And it's brilliant. It's, it's more of like a collection of like ideas although they really are well produced and made um but if you're a fan of his work it's it's where you need to be so um yeah I don't know I've just been obviously thinking about a lot about like the climate that we're in you know these protests are still happening which they should be um and then also we still have the coronavirus which It's just like a whole other thing. However, it's everywhere, you know, Um, and it's been hard for me to kind of consume media even, which is kind of like my M.O. So I don't know. I think I'm getting towards something. But this um, episode is going to be very much like in the making. (laughs) You know, it's all about the process of what I'm trying to put out into the world. So um, with that being said, I'm, I think this is the first time I'm doing this, but I'm going I'm to play three songs back to back. And they're all from Bullet Orange um, because this album has really interesting snippets of songs. And I found three that just really went together and it has that something is being said, you know. So um he's going to take the wheel from here. <laughs> uh all right. So the first song is Today followed by I Want to See You and then after that is Something to Do. So enjoy. <laughs> blood orange with three amazing pieces. The first one being today, the second one I want to see you and the third is called something to do. So, each of those songs I was like, yes, yes, yes. Like I want more. I want extended versions, but actually also the lyrics. It's like I I don't want to say that I'm bored it's more that I'm just like frustrated. (laughs) Like I need something, uh, in my life. And I've been talking to this with my friends. Um, you know, like I just miss those like dopamine highs, like getting an email about like a cool job opportunity or, I mean, other things like going to a concert, you know, like being the dark, and the shadows, and, like, really just um, taking in something, and it's like, moving you, you know what I mean? Like, I don't, like I said before, like, I don't really care about sitting down, and getting table service, like, at a restaurant, or whatever, like, I don't care, but it's really just, I don't know, that, like, quote, like, happiness is only uh, real when shared, you know, by uh, Christopher I think um which okay another tangent I can't g- get down that into the wild road but um I don't know guys this is my brain here and now it's like a, th- a couple weeks ago um I don't know I've been like dealing with some ego stuff you know just Obviously, like everybody is upset with the pandemic um, and how it has affected us, and then also, like there's there's like a poignant like eco hit where you realize that you are, um, you know, disposable or whatever to to some kind kinds of work, and then it's also this realization that like, you know, fuck the <laughs> capitalistic work system like why should our self-worth be on the jobs that we have um and it's just it's been weird like I you know I said I haven't really consumed media but that's also a lie because I rewatched Girls which I remember when that first came out um that show I was like I really hated on it um and they're like things to critique and now that I'm older you know I appreciate different aspects of the content and also just like, the production and um, but truly it's been interesting like the whole like death of the millennial kind of thing and death of the girl boss and how people are really rejecting these just like structural ideas that um, millennials or people who came before us kind of promised um or at least fought for this like this wedge of um I don't know like peace of mind of living and that was by participating in these things like gentrification and you know being your own boss or whatever and I just I feel like we're all kind of coming to the consensus that that's not good enough and even if you know, it was well intentioned or not. It's just like that's doesn't that doesn't serve everyone. Um, especially, you know, folks of color or, um, you know, lower income level, like social economic level. So as you can kind of tell, all of this is has been swarming in my brain. And the thing is that it's been there in the past, it's always there. Um, however now it's like since the rug was taken from underneath us all um you know that's all we have left is like seeing the injustices like we're not just focused on like our career and like where we're going and like you know this all this like ego stuff you know what I mean that like pumps us up and makes us feel like we're okay (laughs) um so I don't know in a way like I'm very critical of all that and it's been depressing and um I don't know, just kind of relentless thinking about that. And also on the flip side, it's been kind of um, great in a way because it's like watching, you know, a city burn. It's like, all right, like from this, we have to do something different. And I feel like there's so many great activists and great people like starting to forge away and you could already tell like in other facets like like I said like influencers are going back to you know posting their regular content videos and showing you like jewelry that they got sent or whatever it's like that might stay um but the way that I'm gonna be living and with my friends you know the goal is to just like let's not like indiscriminately spend money like let's just go to the park and talk and catch up and like support each other and spend our downtime, you know, not worrying about, I don't know, like where we're going to vacation next, as opposed to like how we're going to help, you know, deconstruct the system. So (laughs) I don't know you know, the other big piece that I've been thinking about recently is just like how we have gotten here. Um, Because it's so easy to just not look at the past, like history fucking repeats itself, you know, and even just thinking in my lifetime, um, you know, I was like a preteen in like the early 2000s and stuff like that. And I never really understood the grasp of like, America where we were outside of you know what they teach us in history class um but also just like how important those those few years were as well to like plop us where we are right now if that makes any sense like okay for example I was watching this um Gregoraki pilot on YouTube from I think it was like 2002 and it's called This Is How the World Ends. And if you want, like, a visual aid, I put some clips on my um, VSlims Instagram. So check it out. Um, but in typical, like, Gregoraki fashion, it's a cool, like, you know, 2000s era um, <laughs> pilot about just teenagers going through shit. They go to school. And there's this one scene that I saw. Um, there's only one episode. So you know go at it but um it's about basically they're going into school and they have to like there's a voiceover it's really monotone like fuck this like I our school's so lame and then you see a montage of them going into the front doors and everyone has to go through a metal detector and Gregoraki is a very like punk and just like um poppy if that makes sense at the same time um and he shows these clips of like teens getting friss and then you know there's a collection in this box of like ak-47s grenades like all this stuff um and so when i saw that i'm like fuck yeah gregoraki like hell yeah um because he's making these critiques about like the state of america and his characters are so blasé and then i also did it A double take and i'm like hold up that was what like 2000 2002 whatever columbine was 1999 so like in that context that was even a more like fuck you um kind of move and i've just been thinking a lot about gun ownership like not even just police but like guns in america and like what what's been going on like Why do Americans have such an obsession with guns? And what does history say about that? And why are so many people killed by police officers and white people for that matter? I did watch, rewatch a documentary that I saw back in high school called Bowling for Columbine by Michael Moore. And if you want a link, just hit me up. You know what I mean? Um... But it's this fantastic documentary where he really gives no fucks. And he tries, I think it's from around like 2002, like that same era. Um, and it's a response to the Columbine shooting. And he's like, why, what's going on? Like, why are there mass shootings? Why is it so easy to get a gun in America? Like in one of the first scenes, he goes to a bank because he saw it. He saw an ad in a paper, was like, sign up for an account and get a free gun. And they literally just like hand him a gun after he opens an account. And he's like, Don't you think it's weird to give someone a gun at a bank? Like, I don't know. Um But he also interviews so many people like Marilyn Manson, you know, because the Columbine shooters liked his music and there's this narrative like, Oh, these white troubled young men they they listen to Marilyn Manson and they watch the matrix and the media is contributing to violence and it's so messed up because truly it's like it's unchecked rage um and anger from these white men um and then also the ease of access to guns right um and so there's so many things to note in that documentary like he follows these two young men who um survived the columbine shooting but they still have fucking 15 cent bullets in their bodies um left over from kmart that the shooters bought um and the guns were also allegedly purchased legally um And so they kind of go on this journey, like literally going to Kmart headquarters and be like, hey, I want a refund for like this bullet in my back. Like you sold it to someone. And then in response, Kmart stopped selling ammunition um, because of this crew that came in and stirred up the pot or whatever. Um, Also, there's a really good history about gun ownership, you know, like thinking back, especially in the South when slaves were quote-unquote freed like i use that word loosely um suddenly all these white you know landowners were scared because these people rightfully so were starting rebellions against them but also just trying to live their life and they're like they were scared for their own lives so they demand guns and then if a free black man wants a gun Well, he has to get a permit and they also barred, you know, black men from having guns to begin with um, or made it super hard for them to have it. So truly, I feel like this obsession with guns is less about like hunting, you know, because like Canada has that a lot of people own guns in Canada, but it's more about like protection and self-defense and just like Americans obsession with um you know people are going to attack you after literally they've attacked everyone else before um and so that's kind of what I see now in this era it's like everyone's so defensive and they want to hold on to all these quote-unquote freedoms that they have but you know as soon as violence happens in community that's not theirs well then they have some two cents to say about that you know Um, so it's a really great documentary and to kind of accompany that, there's a really fantastic film by Gus Van Sant called Elephant, which is it's really hard to watch, but it's kind of a loose interpretation of Columbine. Um but there's just like a scene where it's like the son and his father and they're literally just watching the school as there's like smoke in the air. Um, from these pipe bombs that were made by these shooters to terrorize folks. And, um, it's just like a really interesting image for like how we tried to soothe the youth in America, you know, how we're all so, um, dumbfounded when stuff like this happens. However, we never aimed to, or we never tried to stop it before or like educate ourselves enough before, um, to understand, you know, what led up to that moment of violence, you know, and also like Columbine in particular is really charged because, you know, they they keep on saying with that one in particular that it was like, you know, they picked people randomly and it was more about, you know, they were bullied and they just want to cause terror and stuff. But there are firsthand accounts of students who who witnessed um, them kill this man, this black man, Isaiah Scholz, I think, I think that's how you say it. Um, they witnessed the gunman like use the N word against him or be like, oh, pick that, that one off, you know? Meanwhile, like these kids probably thought that they weren't racist or they were like anti-racist. I'm like, what? You know, like all of this is weaved together. It's like, it's not a separate issue. And I think learning about those, at least bowling for Columbine in particular, learning about that and like gun control in the US and the roots of that has been really um, poignant and like necessary for this time um, because history is just repeating itself. and like I hate to be grim, you know, but I think it's as soon as things open back up again, like we will see even more violence, especially in the workplace, because we all know, you know, those shootings where someone got laid off and they're scorned and they come in and they just shoot up the whole place. And it's like we can't just keep on being, you know, holding these vigils and like being so surprised like we have to control, you know, the access that people have. Um, and make it not okay so people can whistle blow before and they just don't turn their eyes. you know what I mean, And what is this obsession with the police as and you know, like why do we call the police, you know, because they have guns so they can protect us? like what does that say? like why are we giving these people in particular permission to uh kill folks? um so very charged but just very important stuff so we're gonna take a break play some music and then come back and I took questions again this week so we'll answer those and then wrap it up so a band that is good to me and suits me a lot is Cocteau Twins they're very much in- intertwined with like Gregoraki's work There's just kind of the vibe um but this is Bluebeard and I think it's just a fantastic song. and The lyrics are amazing about, you know, finding your people, like finding who's good for you, who's there for you or who's toxic or, you know, not right. And I feel like that's kind of where we all are right now. It's like we're really trying to sift through you know, what it means to have like your chosen family around you, you know, to get through these times. So let's play it. Twins with Bluebeard. Iconic, legendary, necessary, one of a kind. Um, <laughs> so good. I, yeah, I just love that. I feel like, you know, at the beginning of the podcast, I said, you know, this is going to be a work in progress, but this is a theme. It's like, we have to choose now, like, who are we going to let into our lives? How are we going to understand our past? and move forward with our future and I just love that song and all of these songs kind of share similar tones where it's like kind of like desperately and anxiously like calling out for for people to you know understand you and it's like a scary time but hopefully it can be fulfilling you know what I mean um, Sorry, that's a helicopter. LA things. So, before I get into questions, I just want to say that I finished the Derek C. in France series, I Know This Much Is True, which is a book. Um, Mark Ruffalo, you know, produced it and he stars as these two twins. And um, it's just an amazing, amazing story about one twin who suffers from. Paranoid, schizophrenia, and the other who's seemingly normal, but also, you know, has these issues with anger and resentment. And it's a story about, again, your past and your legacy and ancestry and how we kind of uh, let those things define us. And um, I just think it's a really beautiful and sad exploration into pain. (laughs) And you know, anger, especially in this case that this, you know, white man um, embodies, it It really ruins his life, like, it puts him into physical danger, you know, the amount of resentment that he has for his life, and beautiful chef's kiss, like, I'll probably go in, into more depth of it, you know, in the future, because I just want to re-watch, I think, but um, Harold Budd, did the score to it and Harold Budd has worked with the Cocteau twins so it's like this whole family if you if you like this you you're gonna like that you know so I just wanted to mention it because it's one of the best um things I've seen in a while so all right so I'm taking questions if you ever want to submit I usually post something on uh instagram stories and in my personal account or the v slims account so just stay tuned you know um i have a note from angie a personal friend she just says that she misses me and that i'm a <laughs> beautiful sunflower love you angie angie and i would go hiking into these really scary like fields whatever in oakland earlier this year and we saw, we found like a huge ass bone once and definitely like I was scared of rattlesnakes because like some guys like, oh, there's one, you know, about 15 yards away. And I'm like doing math in my head. I'm like, how far am I? Away? <laughs> um, but love you, Angie. And Yvonne says, were you Rayanne or Angela in high school? And for those who don't know, we're talking about my so-called life. I was definitely, definitely an Angela, but I wanted to be Rayanne because Rayanne was cool and spunky or whatever, but she's definitely a Scorpio, which is terrifying. And my moon is Scorpio. So there's that, but yeah, I need of like a full on episode. I mean, I've talked about it in the past, but my so-called life is truly, um, an important piece of television history, and yeah. Um, okay, I got two questions which were amazing or comments. I don't know. Um, one from This Isn't Lindsay, and one from Christine Caitlin. Um, This Isn't Lindsay says, Thoughts on the Twister reboot? I actually first watched the movie because of this podcast. Oh my god, amazing. And then Christine Caitlin said thoughts on the news about the Twister reboot because I don't want it. It won't be the same without Bill Phillip and the score isn't by and if the score isn't by Mark Mancina I'll be sad. Yes. Um thoughts on the reboot. I don't want it. I, I do not want it. But the same thing is happening with The Craft apparently. Like I was watching I think Rachel True um was watching like a live that she did she's like they never hit me up so i don't know what's happening i'm like how can you not you know she was in the craft you know um but like with the reboots you know they happen they flop and whatever but again yeah philip seymour hoffman was just like i was just so spiritually connected to dusty and then of course bill paxton that's just sad and you know no one can replace him and you guys know my number one is Helen Hunt and Twister, so we can't even go there. So, um, okay, this one I get a lot. This is Crystal Carl ninety eight. He said, "Do you have any regrets deleting your YouTube videos? Do you see yourself going back and making videos?" Um, I feel like this one just needs a full other podcast. I'm really <laughs> running up on the time here, but um yeah, for those who don't know, back in the day, I used to make videos and they're like thrift fashion videos or, um, advice videos or whatever. And a lot of you guys still keep up with me here, which is, you know, amazing and what I live for. Um, but do I have any regrets? I don't just because they're privated by the way. So who knows (laughs) one day, um, it's just a lot of pressure to have when like people can google you and find out who you are and you know if you were to if someone were to be like i don't know having videos of yourself online from like god like seven years ago you know no one would want that no one wants to see that um and in particular like I started the channel when I was in high school, and this was before, like, the influencer era, Um, it was just a really different kind of world, and, you know, once I started making money off of it, and, like, people would offer to send things, and it just it got weird, and it's not really my lifestyle, like, I don't, get meal kits you know like I and that was how I was supposed to sustain myself Um, it's complicated so I don't have necessarily things against um, YouTubers or whatever I still watch a lot and I support those who are like getting their money and stuff but As you guys can probably tell, I just, I'm very conflicted about everything in my life and committing to that and like being in college and finally making friends and having to decide between that and like posting videos, it just felt like a natural exit. So I don't know if I'll ever come back, but um, yeah, it's just like not really the vibe for me. And who knows, but I'll just have to go into depth more if you guys want it in a different episode. Um, Lastly, let's see, let's do one more. Caitlin Tiff says, I'm nervous about the unpredictability of working in the arts. Do you have any advice? Well, you are (laughs) speaking to someone who's unemployed currently because of corona um I don't working in the arts is not glamorous and it's hard but you know if it's something that you naturally are inclined to do you gotta follow it like that's what I'm saying to everybody in this pandemic like you have seen you know the worst of it like right now like even the people who did have reliable jobs have lost them or have their hours reduced, you know? And so, and even life, it's obviously so fleeting. Like I've had someone who passed away from the virus, you know, close to me. So it's like, like this is your one life. And if it's, if working in the arts is what you think you need or want and want to have as like a legacy for yourself, like just fucking do it. Like this is now the time it's not going to be easy and you might need to transition or maybe figure out some sort of like money situation where you can support yourself or balance yourself but like you just gotta do it you know there's no like waiting around and you know on a personal note like when I was in high school my father was laid off from his job and this was like a company that you know everyone knows about and growing up like that was like whoa like I don't know it was such like an American thing to be to assume that you're gonna have a career for the rest of your life with one company and when that happened like I just remember I don't know we were all like sitting around and my mom was sick too so it was really hard when he lost his job because she couldn't work and it was the first time i mean i hope my parents aren't listening to this but that i saw like my father really cry you know and that was just like super hard because you want the people who will support you in all these ways to be happy and not feel like yeah like their life was uprooted even with a stable job so after that point you know I've really come to terms with like, even if I get a dream job in the arts, whatever, like nothing is forever. And you have to always be independent and figure out ways, you know, to live and to have meaning. Um, And it's a really hard pill to swallow. But, you know, if you feel that it's right for you, then you just owe it to yourself to, you know, give it 100% and go after it. So it's my advice. All right. So we're going to wrap up. This is a new song that I've heard recently. I'm not totally familiar with the artists, but they're called Eve's tumor, I believe. Um, and yeah, it just kind of embodies like, I don't know what I want right now. I just want to figure out like what I need and I'm, I want to be with people who are in that similar area and spirit. I don't know. And kind of towards the end of the song, there's like this kind of scream or like desire, like yearning for something. The tone just really got me. So, um, yeah, this is Eve's Tumor with kerosene. Thank you guys for listening and I'll see you in a couple of weeks. Bye.